The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January would make a great gift for your pastor. It's the New Concordia Commentary on John, chapter 7, verse 2, to chapter 12, verse 50. This latest Concordia Commentary is written by Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Bill Weinrich. Learn more about our January Book of the Month at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The New Concordia Commentary on John 7, 2 to 1250. Very close to the heart of the word faith teaching, or we should say the word faith heresy, is the belief that not only is it God's intention to make you rich, it's also his intention to make you perfectly healthy all the time. And if you do it just right, if you confess positively about your own health, then you won't get sick. And of course, if you confess negatively, well, then you're just playing with fire. Kenneth Copeland has been teaching this for decades and decades, a famous word faith teacher, and news comes out, he's getting a pacemaker. That means something's wrong in his body. I'm glad he's getting a pacemaker. I wish him well. But that means something's wrong. And probably means something's wrong with his theology, too. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Joining us to talk about Word Faith teacher Kenneth Copeland getting a pacemaker, Pastor Chris Rosebro. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. How common is it for Word Faith teachers, basically health and prosperity teachers, to talk about their own medical conditions? Getting a pacemaker is not a small deal. You have to have a pretty serious heart condition to qualify. That is correct. So I would note that it is fairly rare for Word of Faith or prosperity preachers to talk about health problems and usually they will reserve that kind of talk for when something big is happening and it's, let's say, un they're not going to be able to hide it. So the fact that uh, Kenneth Copeland has a pacemaker is a big deal because the FAA does not allow him to fly his own private jets anymore. He cannot get the insurance necessary for him to be able to pilot the, the private jets that he's owned. And he's had to hire a private pilot, a pilot to fly his jets. In the past, he's flown his own jets. He's been relegated to piston engine airplanes. And so that being the case, I, I think he was doing a little preemptive damage control by putting the story out himself rather than letting somebody like myself, who's a heresy hunter, dig up this information and then make it look like he was trying to hide it. So they don't generally talk about their health issues unless it's so big that they cannot hide it. He really needs no introduction, but who is Kenneth Copeland? Kenneth Copeland, I would say, is the premier disciple of the late Kenneth Hagen. He is now the, the grandfather of the word of faith. You know, I, it's a heresy is what it is, the word of faith heresy, and is pretty much the guy who's been making a ton of money. We're talking billions of dollars off of preaching this doctrine for decades now. The, the, in fact, probably about 50 years he's been at it preaching the, uh, the word of faith. When people think about Kenneth Copeland, he's the, the old school prosperity preacher that used to be front and center on TBN, but it's gotten a little long in the tooth. He's 86 now. And we've mentioned it here as a prosperity teaching, but how would you briefly summarize the theology 
and I agree with you, it is, it is a Christian heresy, but the theology that goes by the name word faith or word of faith. Sure. So the basic premise is that Jesus has basically secured for us everything necessary for not only our salvation, but our prosperity and our health. This would include, according to them, that Jesus suffered in hell as part of the package that was necessary to secure our health and our prosperity. And the reason why you're sick is because you haven't yet understood that you already have this. And so what you have to do is reach out with your faith. Speak these faith-filled words where you claim the healing that Christ has already secured for you by his suffering, and you then make it your own. And if you are not healed, then the kind of two standard excuses that are given are either that you do not have enough faith or that you have unforgiveness in your heart. So if you're experiencing symptoms of a disease or a malady, you have cancer and, and you've declared your healing and it doesn't come to pass, it's all on you. You have unforgiveness in your heart or you either that or don't have enough faith. What are we going to hear first from good old Kenneth Copeland? So we're going to go back in time, just a couple of years, and we're going to listen to Kenneth Copeland talk about the theology that he's been spewing for 50 years, but this is from a few years ago. And in this first soundbite, we're going to hear him talk about his daughter, Kelly D. When she was in high school, she came home with symptoms of the flu and how he addressed her. And then him going on to explain why it is, and this is just from a few years ago, that the Copeland family doesn't get sick. Well, he's done all that's necessary, all that's necessary for your and my healing. Everything. It's all been done. It's all been taken care of. Uh, Kelly was, she was in high school. Oh, I don't remember, but anyway, she was either junior or senior in high school. She came home from school one day and she said, Daddy, I've had the, the symptoms of the flu all day long. She said, I, I just, I really feel really bad right now. And this is the first time this came up out of my spirit. I, it just came out of my mouth. I, and it never was a thought. It just came up. I said, Kelly D, you are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed and the devil's trying to take your health away from you. She looked at me. She said, um, I'll be right back. She went in her bedroom and um, by, the, by the time we had supper that night, she was healed. No symptoms at all. Now, so that just sounds too easy. No, it is that he, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Learn, but he said, learn of me. You have to learn that because religion don't know that. This is, this is a reason our family doesn't get sick. Amen. Amen. And if some symptoms do get on us, I'll tell you what, you know, it's kind of like John Osteen said, he, he, he said, 
he, he either saw this in a vision or, or saw it in the spirit. Anyway, the, the, the devil was going down the street and he had a bunch of little demons behind him and he was saying, you go in that house. And then he said, you go in that house. And he said, this one turned around. He said, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't go in there. Don't go in there. Don't go in there. There's a woman in there that will, she'll kick the daylights out of you. Don't go in that house. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, take us through that a little bit. It's interesting to hear John Osteen reference. That's not typical, but of course that's his generation. Yep. What was he saying about the nature of sickness vis-a-vis Christians? So coming back then, you'll note that he said that Christ has done everything to secure our healing for us. And so when his daughter, Kelly D., came home with the flu symptoms, he, in a very real way, rebuked her by saying that she is not a sick person trying to be made well. She is a well person, and the devil's trying to make her sick, encouraging her to basically deny that she's sick and uh, and to speak faith-filled words so that she can, quote, claim or declare her healing. And then he goes on to say this is the reason why the Copeland family doesn't get illness and that when symptoms try to put themselves on the Copeland family, it's like sending demons into a place where they're going to get pummeled. And so the devil just leaves them alone and doesn't send sickness on them. That was his claim. And and no, he said that his family, none of them get sick. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, yes, they do. They just (laughs) don't tell us about it. Uh-huh. I'm sure if you go to their medicine cabinet, there's there's a Claritin and there's all the typical me- medicine cabinet accoutrement that the normal family does. Why is this so important to make a claim like that? A claim that, well, given the subject today, is so easily falsified. The reason being is because he has to be the ultimate example of the person who has claimed and and lives in the healing that he, or in the prosperity and the health that he claims is available to us in the cross. So as a result of it, he has to put on pretenses. He has to hide and mask all of these, any lower level symptoms like flus and colds and stuff like this. I would note this, and that is, is that Gloria Copeland, who for many years, year after year after year, would teach something called a healing school, she has not been visible in Ken Copeland's ministry for upwards of two years now. And Ken Copeland recently said that the reason why Gloria hasn't made any appearances over these two years is because she's suffering from the side effects of a traumatic brain injury that she suffered in a car crash 50 years ago. People on the inside tell me that she's actually suffering from dementia. She's, you know, she's kind of losing her mind. But he always has to like, he has to put on the pretense that this really works because here's the thing. Kenneth Copeland has made, and I this is not an exaggeration, by his own admission, he is a billionaire. He has made billions, with a B, billions of dollars getting people to sow seed offerings into his ministry to demonstrate their faith so that they can get their healing. And so if he were to 
just come right out and say, no, actually, we're getting sick, we have symptoms, we suffer like everybody else, then the entire facade that he's created would come crashing down. And I would also note that Ken Copeland has been saying for a while now publicly that God has told him that he's going to live to be 120. I think that's going to be a little bit difficult to do with the uh, the arrhythmia that he's uh, suffering from in his heart. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We're talking about Word Faith teacher Kenneth Copeland getting a pacemaker. We will hear more from Copeland on the famous healing of a woman with a hemorrhage next. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January would make a great gift for your pastor. It's the New Concordia Commentary on John, chapter 7, verse 2, to chapter 12, verse 50. This latest Concordia Commentary is written by Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Bill Weinrich. Learn more about our January Book of the Month at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The New Concordia Commentary on John 7, 2 to 1250. Life Week 2023 with Lutherans for Life is coming soon, and you're personally invited to join in celebrating that you are blessed for life. From Sunday, January 15th through Saturday, January 21st, 2023, go to lutheransforlife.org for more information and for Zoom links. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org, lutheransforlife.org. An oasis in the desert of pop American Christianity. You're listening to Issues Etc. Looking for a faithful Lutheran church in East Central Oklahoma? Welcome to Trinity Okmulgee, a friendly and faithful LCMS congregation only 40 miles south of Tulsa. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Teebs. Check us out at trinityokmulgee.org. That's Trinity O-K-M-U-L-G-E-E, all one word, dot org. See you soon at Trinity Okmulgee, Oklahoma. Many educational institutions are governed by the whims of culture and are increasingly hostile to the Word of God. In contrast, Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, provides classical Lutheran education rooted in God's Word for students preschool through grade 12. Simply put, we equip students to stand firm in the faith through solid education focused on wisdom and virtue. We offer in-person instruction as well as live online classes for remote learning. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking with Chris Rosebro, Fighting for the Faith, about word faith teacher Kenneth Copeland getting a pacemaker. What's next from Copeland, Chris? So, still back in time, we're going to listen to Ken and Gloria Copeland now. From This is just a few years ago. This is one of the last sightings of Gloria Copeland before she stopped appearing in Ken's ministry. And they're discussing the from the Bible, the gospel text, regarding the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and how she claimed her healing. And listen to how he and Gloria handle this text. 
And so she's building faith. She's building faith. She has kept saying, and she kept saying, and she kept that, saying. That works for us too. Oh, yes, ma'am. Keep saying. Don't start saying unbelief. Don't quit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say it. I receive my healing right now. I receive my it's healing. It's mine right, right now. Right now. Immediately. Right now. Yes. Right. I, I take it now. I take it now. It's mine now. And Thank you, Lord. And just say it and say it and say it. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> quit. She came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, she kept saying, if I but touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway. Immediately. Immediately. The fountain of her blood dried up. Then she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power, dynamis, had come out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest thou who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy Play. Now, one thing we know for absolute certain, she forgave those doctors. Because faith doesn't work in an unforgiving heart. Praise God. What was that about, Chris? So, this is a classic example of taking a descriptive text and turning it into a prescription. When you read in the Gospels, the account of Jairus's daughter, who was 12 years old and she died, and the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, and she comes up and basically touches the hem of, of Christ's garment. She actually touches the tassels coming off of his shirt, the Sitsi Oath. And in touching them, she received her healing. You'll note that they take this descriptive historical narrative and now turn it into a prescription. They got to the part where she got her healing. And so they, with their faith-filled words, were saying, I declare my healing. I, I am healed. I take it now. I take it now. And that's not what this text is prescribing at all. And the thing is, is that, you know, you'll note that Gloria was coming in. And so you don't speak defeat. You got to speak these faith-filled words. Don't speak unbelief. And so you, you got to claim and just keep saying it over and over again. But that text doesn't tell you to do that. And then at the very end, you'll note how he snuck this in, that when Jesus finally confronts her, and she confesses all that she did, he responds kindly to her and says to her daughter, your faith has saved you or has made you well. And so Kenneth then says, we can extrapolate from that, that that means that she had forgiven all of the doctors who she gave money to and she wasn't healed because, you know, these types of miracles don't work if there's unforgiveness in your heart. So note that really in one soundbite, you have him teaching word of faith as well as the excuse that's given 
when it doesn't happen. So Christ has already secured your healing. You, all you got to do is speak your faithful words. But if those faithful words don't work, well, <laughs> it doesn't work if you have unforgiveness in your heart. So it comes all the way back to you and it's your fault. All in one soundbite. You heard it all in one. So we've listened to the past. And do we have some of maybe a present admission on the part of Canada Copeland? Yeah, this is a little bit of a longer one, but you're going to note that this is going to undo some of his claims in the past that sickness doesn't come on his family. Here's Ken Copeland actually explaining how he ended up getting a pacemaker. And I got short of breath over in a prison and for Mike Barber. Never did have any pain. I could kind of feel that my heart rate was up high. So I got checked. And they said, well, you need a pacemaker. And I said, well, Lord, I'll just get that pacemaker by faith. He said, no. And he used an aviation term with me. He said, you're too far behind the power curve. He said, take the pacemaker by faith. So I prayed over it. So the, then they, <laughs> the doctor had me on the table. <laughs> they don't put you completely out. They had to build a pouch for this thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought it was going to be about that big. Well, come to find out it was, but the battery's about that big. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, well, pacemaker, you belong to me now. That means you belong to God and you're in a Holy Ghost body and you're going to work right. Yes. Well, it had a defibrillator in it. <laughs> well, the FAA's had it had history with pacemakers, but not with that defibrillator, which meant that as the, and then I got on that treadmill and I would lay hands on this thing and bless it. You're mine. You're in my body and the Holy Ghost is in there with you. Amen. And my body's dedicated to Jesus. Amen. That was funny because they didn't put me all the way out. And this lady came in there and said, Mr. Copeland, do you snore? I said, how would I know I'm asleep? <laughs> I said, no. I said, Gloria says I don't snore. So it was a, okay. <laughs> you know, no problem here. And that doctor was doing this thing through a magnified x-ray thing. And he's building that pouch for this thing. And I thought, this thing's bigger than I thought it was. And he heard a little, and he said, oh, Mr. Copeland, did it hurt you? I said, yeah, you did. <laughs> and he said, okay, okay. I said, that's okay. <laughs> We're talking back and forth while he's building this thing. I'm laying there on my back like this. <laughs> Came out of it laughing. I get this thing. I got this little machine in me. Yeah. I have a little machine sewed to my heart. Ooh. I thought, how cool is that? So how does that square with all the previous claims? And you've only brought out a couple examples. This mm -hmm. could be found all throughout his long ministry as a televangelist. How does this square with those claims about health before? It doesn't. That's the thing. It doesn't square at all. I mean, double standard and hypocrisy come to mind. 
In the video I recently put out, I noted that there there is a person that I serve as pastor who has a relative of theirs who is dead because of Kenneth Copeland. And uh, this is a woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer. They caught it in the very early stages, and it was absolutely treatable. And rather than get treatment and get the medical care that she needed to address the breast cancer, she reached out with her faith-filled words and believed what Ken Copeland said, that she is well and that she's going to claim her healing and it didn't work out for her at all. And uh, rather than being healed, the cancer grew, got worse, went to stage four. And at that point, she decided she better get some treatment, but it was too late. And she died very shortly after that. And this is a common thing. I note in the comments section of my YouTube channel for the video we just put out, we have people who are coming out of the woodwork saying they had similar stories. And one of them even noted that this had almost happened to them, that uh, because of the doctrine, the false doctrine that Ken Copeland teaches, people believe that they are sinning or somehow speaking, you know, not faith, but speaking curses if they say they have symptoms or if they seek medical treatment. And as a result of it, they don't get the help that they need. And we're talking probably now of upwards, hundreds of thousands of people have died because they refuse to get treatment because they believe this theology. But by his actions, Ken Copeland rather than decreeing his healing rather than saying i'm i speak faith-filled words against cardiac arrhythmia and 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 i claim my healing now because christ did everything necessary to secure my healing no he got medical treatment and the guy now has not only a pacemaker but a pacemaker with a defibrillator in it and he's not able to fly his jets anymore he gets medical treatment while his followers how many of them have been physically harmed or died because they refused medical treatment because they believed it was the will of God that they claim their healing? Because according to Ken Copeland, that was all done in the atonement. So yeah, I think you get the idea. It's This Week in Pop Christianity with Chris Rosebro. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're discussing Word Faith teacher Kenneth Copeland getting a pacemaker. Here is a little from our Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January, the Concordia Commentary on John chapter 7, verse 2 through 12, verse 50 by Dr. William Weinrich. He's commenting on Jesus' words, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth which frees is Christ himself, who in the freedom of his obedience brings with him that very freedom and bestows upon those who become the children of God. Out of such freedom, the children of God acknowledge the Father of Jesus to be their father, and so, as Christ himself does, they desire and will what their father wills. Find out more about the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and order the Concordia Commentary on John, chapter 7, verse 2 through 12, verse 50, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. When we come back... How was Copeland convinced to take the pacemaker? Not with a positive confession, but with a negative one.
If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. Bequests aren't subject to federal tax or capital gains taxes. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the word of the Lord endures forever. Elective abortion is not and never has been medical care. So wrote Dr. Donna Harrison, a wife, mother of five, and grandmother of ten, and also a pro-life advocate. And she wrote those words in the January issue of The Lutheran Witness, in which we take up the issue of the pro-life movement after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc. Memoria Press is a family-run publisher of classical Christian education materials for homeschools and private schools. Every page of the Memoria Press curriculum leads students to a mastery of content, an understanding of the classical heritage of the Christian West, and an appreciation of truth, goodness, and beauty. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. memoriapress.com Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about Word Faith teacher Kenneth Copeland needing a pacemaker. Pastor Chris Roseborough, Fighting for the Faith, is our guest. Chris, I'm intrigued by, by Copeland's own account, how he was convinced over against his objections to take this pacemaker. The doctor talked him into it by telling him, and he says using this kind of aviation lingo, you're too far behind the power curve. Now, that sounds like a negative statement, not a positive confession. Yeah, I mean, you would think that uh, you know this would be a great example of misappropriating the story of David and Goliath. He's too far behind the power curve, but God is not too far behind the power curve. All he has to do is let God do His thing by speaking His faith-filled words. You would you would have thought that he would have saw this as a golden opportunity to demonstrate once and for all the power of the word of faith. But when the doctor says you're too far behind the power curve, Copeland said, yeah, I guess that's right. I better get a pacemaker. <laughs> you know, where is his faith? He, he uh, couldn't have come out on the stage and said, they tried to talk me into getting a pacemaker, but I defeated this thing by faith. And he could have strapped me up to the, oh, well, I can just use my, my Apple watch and it can tell you what my heart rate is. Look, he could hold it up to the camera. Yeah. Look at that heart rate. There's no racing going on there. I'm all healed. He could have done it, Right. Yep, but he didn't, because I think Ken Copeland knows that the theology that he's been peddling for the past 50 years, he knows it's as phony as they get. He's made himself extremely rich by telling the stories that he tells and spewing this theology that he spews, but he knows not only biblically, but from his own life experience, it's not true. But he's got to put on the pretenses because the pretenses pay for his jet fuel and have made him an extremely and a grotesquely wealthy man. How is this not 
this notion that I can kind of wish or speak away health problems or that worse yet, if I make accidentally a negative confession, I'm inviting these things into my life, maybe even securing their place in my life. How is this more than just pure superstition? under the name of Christianity. Yeah, so this this concept actually finds its uh, origins in the mind science cult, like, you know, Christian science and other places, where uh, where the belief that, uh, of mind over matter, you know, you, you don't accept reality as it is. You speak your words and your mind have power over reality to create different realities. This is actually grounded in kind of like New Age Gnosticism and things like this. And so the thing is, the Bible doesn't teach anything like this. So you'll note that historically, and even recently, uh, we'll have to do this in an upcoming episode, Kenneth Copeland firmly believes that he is a little deity on earth. And as a result of it, he has the authority to speak to tornadoes and to illnesses and symptoms and things like this. But in Scripture, we are never told to do such things. Instead, we are told to pray. And the Greek word prosuke, it means to petition a deity, it means to ask God for things. As an example, Jesus Christ one time was asleep in a boat on the Sea of Galilee when a storm came up and his disciples woke him up and said, don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus legitimately rebuked the storm and told it to be quiet. And the whole thing settled down in a moment, all from his words. The Apostle Paul, decades later, was on a ship in the Mediterranean during a huge storm that uh, was was very close to wrecking that ship. The ship eventually wrecked. But they were on that ship for two weeks in that storm. And at no point do you see the Apostle Paul getting up on the bow of the boat and rebuking the storm. Instead, he prays. And so we Christians note that God is the one who has authority over illness, has authority over the weather and things like this, and he has called us to pray, to ask him for help in our time of trouble, not to decree and declare. He's God, we're not. And so what Ken Copeland's theology through and through does is it makes us deities where we have the authority of God, but the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches something very, very different altogether. I should note, and I'm no cardiologist, so I just know what I know from associating with people who have gone through these kind of conditions that now afflict Kenneth Copeland, that they just don't stick in a pacemaker. Sometimes they're also giving you other drugs that regulate your heartbeat in some fashion. It's belt and suspenders kind of medical treatment. And I didn't hear him say anything about that, but I wonder if I did go to Kenneth Copeland's bedside table or or medicine cabinet, I might not find one of those there. It wouldn't surprise me because, again, not only does he have a pacemaker, he has a pacemaker with a defibrillator. There's a fellow uh, that I serve as pastor who uh, for years had a pacemaker, and then after his recent cardiac checkup, his doctor said, yeah, this one's not going to do it. We're going to have to add a pacemaker with a defibrillator because his condition had gotten worse. And so from my experience in serving people who have pacemakers, having a pacemaker is one thing. Having a pacemaker with a defibrillator is a whole other issue altogether, and uh, one that shows that his arrhythmia is far more advanced then he would lead us to believe. And again, I point out, why doesn't he just speak his faith-filled words and declare his healing as he's told everyone else to do? 
you know, this it again, hypocrisy and double standard are clearly in play here. So he's been told by God, I want to come back to that claim that he made, that he's been told by God that he's going to live to 120. And I guess statistically it could happen, but highly probably not. What becomes of this, these kind of claims where he says, I've been told by God and I'm so healthy, I'm not going to, I'm going to live to a ripe old age, as old as Moses himself. I would note that Kenneth Copeland on multiple occasions and one very, very notable one recently has already proven himself to be a false prophet. Go back to March and April of 2020 when he got up in front of the camera and said, COVID-19, I blow the wind of God on you. And he, he declared the pandemic over and he said that he was doing this, speaking in the office of the prophet, right? This is how he was talking, right? And, well, did the COVID pandemic end in March or April of 2020? Not even close. And so he's already proven that he doesn't hear from God because God is not the one who gave him this information to put an end to COVID. He's a false prophet. He is a false teacher. He's a wolf. And he is exploiting people in his greed with these false words. So this idea that he's going to live to 120, the reality is this. He's 86. He's looking haggard. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if he makes it, you know, makes it another five to six years. But all that being said, when he ultimately dies and doesn't make it to 120, everyone's going to say, well, he didn't make it to 120. Some people will say, well, that doesn't make him a false prophet. Others will say, well, that does make him a false prophet. They'll be bewildered about all of it. It won't matter because he will have spent his life in luxury while exploiting these people. But I would note this, that when his device comes, if he doesn't repent, his eternity is not going to be one where he's going to spend it in the presence of God and Christ in the new earth with the angels and those who are resurrected from the dead to the glory of Christ. He's going to spend it in the lake of fire with the, the devil and the demons because of the doctrines of demons that he spewed for decades impenitently. His wealth is about to come to a crashing end, and he will spend eternity in eternal poverty in the lake of fire. Finally, with about a minute here, what does the Bible actually teach about Christians when they get sick? <laughs> Call the elders. Have them pray for you. Have them anoint you with oil. The reality is this, is that Christ doesn't save us from death. Christ saves us through death. And so the idea then is, is that we have the promise from Christ and the scriptures that all of our prayers for healing will ultimately be answered with a yes, but not until Jesus returns. Jesus will return in glory to judge the living and the dead, and then he will make a new heavens and a new earth. When you read Revelation 21, it's very clear that when Christ returns and he establishes his kingdom on the earth, in a world without end, there then and only then will there be no disease, no sickness, no suffering, and no pain. It's a future tense thing that's described in the book of Revelation. So we can say that for every Christian, if you have a disease that is chronic, are you suffering from a disease that will ultimately end in your demise? All of your prayers will eventually be answered with a yes when you are raised from the dead with a new body that cannot die, that will not suffer, that will not have pain or anything like this. And that's all given to us by Christ's death on the cross as a gift, but not in this life, 
but in the life to come after the resurrection. So he is turning unwitting people away from the true comfort of Christ's resurrection and theirs toward kind of a temporal healing that God never promises to give. Yes, and by doing so, by doing so, he shipwrecks the faith of a lot of people. I cannot begin to tell you how many folks over the you know the course of the time that I've been doing fighting for the faith have emailed me and said, I totally believed in this word of faith stuff. I got sick and I felt like God had abandoned me and so I gave up the Christian faith altogether. But I heard your ministry. I heard what you said, and now I understand that I was deceived. And so you'll note, when you make promises for God that God hasn't made, God has no obligation to fulfill your words. He will fulfill the promises that Kenneth Copeland have, that he's given are not actual promises of God. And by making it sound like God is the one who's given these promises, he's set people up for major falls in the ultimate shipwrecking of whatever faith they had in Jesus because they'll feel abandoned when their healing eventually doesn't come because God hasn't promised that. Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and he's creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. You'll find a link to Fighting for the Faith at issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Chris, thanks. Thank you. Friday on Issues Etc., we'll discuss Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world in John chapter 8. Our guest will be Dr. Bill Weinrich, author of our book of the month, the Concordia Commentary on John 7, 2 through 1250. And we'll talk with Dr. Ryan McPherson about Minnesota requiring teachers to advocate for critical race theory and transgender ideology. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc., Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.